Hello, I am Leah Householder, and I head up omni-channel strategy for Kinetic at Cineos Health. When I'm not creating modern customer engagement strategies, a critical part of my job is talking with hundreds of experts who work on the front lines of healthcare around the world. Their insights and the trends they discover help us answer one critically important question. How do we change lives? Today, I take you into one of those conversations. Welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast, 2021 Health Trends Edition. What was an untapped market mere years ago is now surging. The pharmaceutical and biotech market in China is experiencing the most dramatic growth in the world with in-region innovation, increased approval of novel drugs, and maturing research and development capabilities. One of the biggest reasons why? Differences in regulations between the Western world and China allow researchers there to more quickly understand how a treatment is working and make modifications on shorter timeframes. That's making China a center for gene therapy for CAR-T medical discovery, for all of the clinical trials associated with it. Biotechs within China and pharma leaders around the world are fielding research there at scale and effectively working with CFDA to get protocols approved within a year. There are complexities, of course, including building specialty labs in the region and training new trial sites, but the benefits to patients are outsized, including access to novel oncology medications before the rest of the world. Here to discuss with me today is my colleague, Dr. George Lee, Vice President and General Manager in Clinical Solutions for Mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Welcome, George. Thank you. I'm very happy to have the chance to join this discussion. Well, I have a few questions for you because we are all just mesmerized by this trend. Here's one to start. In some areas of oncology innovation particularly, China is now at parity or ahead with previously leading nations. Where is that trend headed as we go into 2022? What do you expect in China? Currently in China, oncology is really a hot topic. We observe the many, many studies now in this critical area. However, one phenomenon we observe also, a lot of biotechs or farmers, they are now developing their products in the same category. For example, PD-1 in China, we have many, many studies at the same time developed in PD-1 in this area. But just recently, about two or three weeks ago, China Authority, CDE, issued a draft of a guideline for oncology trials in China. It's now still draft, but they issued this to invite the comments from the industry. So in this new draft version of a guideline, we noticed in the future, it's a requirement to use the best-in-class product to compare when we design the study. This is a huge change. Actually, the entire industry have a big response to this we already observed. Because at the moment now, a lot of products, they are now compare the existing products, not necessarily the best in class. But in the future, if it become a requirement, we will see significant number of the study. They have to be stopped because a result will not necessarily to be accepted for VA registration in the future. So this will be a big impact. However, this is also a good step. That means only the best-in-class product will be supported to develop. And this can avoid the repeated effort 
to develop the same type of product in one category. So we will see this could be a trend in oncology area. In the future, all the efforts will be put on to develop best or first-in-class products. So to avoid the current repeat development. So that will be advanced, I believe. Fascinating. I can't believe the amount of change that's happened in the regulatory space in China within the last three or four years. Tell me a little bit more about best-in-class comparison. Typically, globally, we think about comparing drug to standard of care. How will a sponsor in China determine which is truly best-in-class to compare to? And how are some of your sponsors responding to changing those trials in the middle of research? Actually, this will require the sponsors when they even design the protocol. A lot of、uh, communication should happen between them and CDE. So to determine which one is really the best in class in the in one category. So in the future, this will be quite important before the study to have a sufficient communication with CDE, including to talk about selection of a comparison drug. However, you're right. It will be a challenge for the farmers or sponsors. They already have studies running that design the protocol. So that's why, if we look at the market response、uh, that day, a lot of farmer and also CRO stock price drop because of that reason. So when we think about all of the change that's happening in China's. Domestic biopharma business. We are seeing leadership in technology, since it's gene and cell therapies, for example. Do you imagine within the next year or few years that we'll be looking at a world when people who are facing medical challenges, who happen to live in China, whether those are like rare cancers, neurodegenerative diseases, etc., they might have access to stem cell therapies to other treatments? Much quicker than the rest of the world. Yeah, that's the goal, I believe, for China to shorten the drug lag. That's the first step. Then hopefully to be the leaders of the new drug, especially in the truly innovative product developing country. So that's the goal. I think you're right. This is also allow. Chinese patients and also the patients they live in China to access first in class and the most advanced treatment in the future. This is also part of China's state strategy to build health China in the future. Now the changes in regulatory reform in China since 2017 have just been amazing, and obviously are fueling very rapid advances in that market. We just spoke a few minutes ago about thinking about the new comparisons and oncology trials. What else are you expecting in terms of other changes that are going to drive innovation that might further regulatory reform? What's on the horizon for China? Indeed, in the past years since 2017, a lot of regulatory reforms, which actually for China it's a kind of a process of a transformation. In the past, China is a big country for generic products, but now in the past several years, we see more and more innovative products developed in this country. However, I also mentioned just now we observed. Although the number of clinical trials significantly increase, 
And also we see a lot of uh, new innovative products. But if look at these products, a lot of them, they just focus on the same categories. So it's kind of a repeat effort in some clouded therapeutic area like oncology. This is something the entire industry observed. And also, I believe our government, the authority also, also observed this. So that's why they are now trying to issue some new regulation to limit this type of repeated development, but uh, focus on the high quality, high technology, most innovative product development. I think this is the right direction to go for the country to be the truly innovative uh, country for pharmaceutical area. Secondly, because China already joined the ICHGCP, so the focus on the quality of the study, quality of data is also strengthened a lot. We observed a lot of guidelines in order to increase the data quality. And also, more and more hospitals now have the chance to become clinical site because in the past in China there are accreditation process for the hospital to become clinical trial site but now it's changed basically only the hospital willing to be involved in study they can register themselves to be a clinical trial site so it's a change from accreditation process to registration process this suddenly enlarged the pool of the hospital to be a clinical trial site. So this is also a good response to the number of clinical trials significantly increased so far. So we require more and more hospitals, more and more doctors in the future. And also patient-centricity become a hot topic. A lot of discussion around this try to engage patients into clinical trial at the early phase of the study design. All this, I would say, will help the innovation of the new product, a true new product in China market in the future. We will see in the next five or ten years, China will have more and more truly first-in-class or best-in-class product developed for the world. So it will help the health China strategy, but also will help the patients all over the world. It's exciting. First in class and best in class. So many questions, George. I should call you Dr. Lee. You've certainly earned that. The first place I would love to start, you were talking about hospitals being more available to become clinical trial sites. I know when you and I talk to our colleagues around the world, one of the things that's daunting about China is figuring out how to turn on more of those clinical trial sites. Can you talk a little more about that, about what's changed and what allows those hospitals to more closely partner with sponsors? Actually, in the past, only accredited hospital can be the clinical trial site. And most of these hospitals actually are located in first-tier cities like Beijing and Shanghai. But the number of hospitals is limited. So that's why this is also a reason in the past uh, make the clinical study startup timeline quite long and significantly limited the chance to organize more trials in the China. But now the authority in China 
already noticed this bottleneck. So that's why they changed the process into the registration trial. That allowed actually more and more hospitals in the other cities than first-tier city to become sites. And of course, also allow more patients to access to the clinical trials. Because, you know, China is such a large country. Literally, all the cities could be the site. That's a huge benefit for the patient to access the clinical trials in the future. Of course, also help to enlarge the site pool for clinical development in China. We also see the demand increase significantly is these sites, they need help to improve their knowledge in GCP. So as a sponsor or CRO, we can help them or even give training to them to improve the GCP knowledge in order to make them ready to be a clinical trial site. But on the other side, also this significantly will change our footprint, I mean sponsors or CROs, because in the past, CRO or major farmers, they all located in the big cities like Beijing, Shanghai, these first-tier cities. At the time, also most sites are located in the first-tier city. But now we will see this become a demand for us, for sponsor, for CRO, to have the staff in the second-tier city, even third-tier city, to be closer to the site. Because I mentioned we will see more and more hospitals in the second-tier city or third-tier city will become a site. This is also a trend. We need to have more and more staff presence close to the site and to be located in the second-tier or third-tier city. Does increasing the sites within second-tier cities, does that increase the diversity of the overall trial recruitment and make it look maybe a bit more like the people who would use the drug or the novel medication when it becomes commercialized? Yes, this indeed will help the diversity of the patient. So everything you're talking about sounds to me like China is putting pressure on the rest of the world to change the way that we use clinical research organizations, to change the way that we think about CROs and change the way that we think about partners. What do you think that you're learning in that market that could change the way sponsors engage CROs in the rest of the world? In the past, in China, we observed the sponsors, including global farmer local affiliate in China and also local domestic pharmaceutical companies, they tend to work with local CROs. A lot of reason is due to the price because in China, there are many local clinical CROs. They offer very low price to the sponsors. So at that time, actually, global CRO like us, we have a little chance to access to the true local study market. But now the situation totally changed. Local biotechs, local pharmaceutical companies, they are now tend to use global CRO like this because most of their new products that develop are truly innovative product rather than previously just a generic B2 product. Now their new products developing are true innovative and they are not only focused on China market. They are organizing studies for a global multinational multi-center studies. 
And also for these studies, their goal is not only register them in China, but maybe also register them at the same time to US or Europe. This requires high quality data and also experienced CROs already work long time with global authorities like USFDA or EMEA. This gives a good chance to global CROs. We are now seeing more and more domestic farmers, local biotechs, they are actually working with global CRO like us. Because we have the advantage, firstly, we have a global presence. We have operations in many countries in the world. We have a good experience to organize global multinational studies. This is something the Chinese domestic sponsors truly look at at the moment. Secondly, is high-quality data delivery. This is also advantage of our global CROs. So we have a great experience in data quality monitoring. And also we have a great medical expertise, which all can support to deliver high quality studies for them. In the past, in China, global CRO mainly run global studies from global farmers However, we now observe more and more studies from local or domestic sponsors in China. So this is also a transformation for global CRO. China in the past was just a delivery country for global studies to these global CROs. But now China became a market, a true market. We have a lot of sponsors here for global CROs. So this is also a change we see more and more global CRO. They actually grow their team very quickly, not only for the deliverer staff, but they also localize their senior staff and the leaderships in the country because China become a market rather than just a delivery country to the global CROs. So this is the change that happened in the recent years. Um, in our industry. So, Dr. Lee, I know as a managing director at Cineos, I'm sure a lot of sponsors come to you with questions about what they should do for their strategy. I wonder if you have a piece of advice that you would give to China-based biotechs and a piece of advice that you would give to multinationals. For China local biotech, I think uh, this has already happened because uh, we see the authority also encourage true innovation. For a lot of uh, local biotechs, when they select new products to develop, they need to focus on the true best-in-class, even first-in-class product, rather than just develop the me-too product. So this should be a change happen in the future for them in terms of uh, their new product uh, strategy. So focus on the best in class or first in class. For global pharmaceutical companies, again, I need to remind them uh, to engage China even earlier stage of the new product development. China need to be a country to involve in their pivotal studies. The reason is, due to the regulation change, the new drug definition is also changed in China. In the past, the new drug for 
China is the drug never marketed in China, but now the definition is the new drug is never marketed in the world. That means if China was not involved in the pivotal studies, the product already launched in other countries first, then this drug will not defined as a new drug in China anymore. That means for the global farmer, they actually will lose the opportunity of data exclusivity period for the new product. That's huge loss in terms of financial benefits. In the future for global farmer, they need to involve China in even earlier stage of a new product development, which actually I observed a lot of global farmer, they already noticed. And that's why they are now even enlarge their China development team in the countries. Well, I have just a last question for you, listening to all the change that's happening in China, listening to the change and how you are engaging China-based biotech as well as multinationals. I just think you change fast. That means you have to grow fast. That means you have to hire fast. So talk to me a little bit about talent and staffing. How are you attracting and retaining the level of talent needed to deliver this compelling data, this real world evidence, this dynamic market that you're living and working in? Right, indeed, this is also a hot topic. You can imagine how competitive it is in a tailor market now in China. Firstly, retention become a very uh, challenge. At the moment, the average turnover rate in CRO, for instance, is about 25 or 30% in the country. And uh, for global CRO like us, we actually made a lot of effort to try to retain top talent for us. Uh, we also did uh, some kind of research we see the people leave us, a lot of uh, reason is uh, due to the career development. For this, senior sales, we do a lot of effort to try to create more and more internal career development pathway for our staff in order to retain them and let them have the chance to develop together with the company in this country. This helps we uh, significantly increase our stability of our staff. Secondly, I mentioned in previous discussion, we also now try to hire more and more staff, not only based in Beijing or Shanghai, but in the second tier city or third tier city. The reason is because more and more hospitals in these second tier third cities now become investigated sites. We need to have our staff member to be close to the site. But also there are reason is we noticed that this staff member, if a home based in this second or third tier city, they are more stable than the staff in the first tier city like Beijing and Shanghai. And the reason is also the talent competition in this city are less fierce than Beijing and Shanghai. We are trying to expand our talent pool in these cities rather than only Beijing and Shanghai. Of course, we also try to stay competitive in the offering to our staff. We closely monitor the benchmark of the salary and the pay in order to stay competitive in this area. And in addition to the effort, 
be made in order to attract the senior or experienced staff. We also made a lot of effort to try to grow the new graduate into a clinical trial professionals. In China, we also introduced the CTI, Clinical Trial Institution Program, and we also hiring the new university graduate and give them training and develop them into the experienced staff, which also helped to build up our talent pipeline in order to support our faster growth need for us as a CRO. But also, I believe all this effort also benefit the entire industry. We are actually help the entire industry to train and grow the professionals. Oh, so much good information. Dr. Lee, it has been wonderful to talk with you. I think this is a good place to stop for tonight. Thank you so much for your time and you help us imagine what is absolutely coming next around the world. You're welcome. I'm actually so excited in this faster growing market. And also I'm very happy to share what is happening in China to our global colleagues and also peers. That's all for today's episode of the Sinios Health Podcast. To learn more about our 2021 health trends, visit trends.health. Or if you have comments, suggestions, ideas, or just want to talk about a particular challenge at your life sciences company, please email us at podcast at I've been your host, Leah Householder, and we'll talk more again next time.